Hi, it's Chris Watkin, and today I'm joined by Claire Readings, who is an estate agent and boss lady of a Keller Williams Centre in Essex, and she's here to join me to talk about her journey as an estate agent, the ups and the downs, the trials and tribulations, so that you boys and girls out there in the estate agency can learn lots from her. Thanks for joining me today, Claire. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to talk to you about your estate agency journey and mm -hmm. uh, the fears, the frustrations, the hopes, the dreams. Uh, so what I want to do first is, is when you grew up as a child, did you want to be an estate agent? Does anyone want to be an estate agent? No. I don't think so. No, definitely not. Um, my my journey into estate agency, um, I kind of fell into it after I had my, my first child. Uh, my, my very first job, I was a beauty therapist. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you want a massage, I'm, I'm pretty decent at that. You're good with nails. I am. I'm there all right. You're very fantastic. <laughs> okay. So how did you fall into estate agency then? Um, so Mark, my, uh, Mark Reddings, my brother, and Graham Locke, who I've known since I was 12 years old, um, decided they wanted to form the very first ever online estate agency. It's called that House was Network. House Network, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah, back in 2004. Um, so, yeah, I, I was there on that journey from the very beginning, helping them to set that up. What was it like setting up the UK's first online estate agency? Um, it, it kind of evolved into it. So it started out as just private sales, just giving people a different way to sell their home to save money, I guess. And we were only advertising on Fish for Homes, if you remember that. Um, and then we realised after a period of time, hang on, there's, there's another way that we could do this where actually there'd be a bigger exposure for people. So um, studied the exams, took the exams, etc., And then it went into online estate agency. It kind of just evolved naturally. When do you think you went properly online? It was 2004. 2004. Okay, but in, before then, you, was, were you I thought so. You 2003 said, is when we formed and it was just private sales. 2004 was... was um, so you went on to Rightmove and Super... Yeah. And how were those first early years? Um, quite exciting. And we were making money as well, um, early doors. Um, obviously, we were the only ones in that space. Um, and it was evolving as we went along. So, you know, we, we developed some incredible software. I should mention um, the IT um, guy that we worked with, Steve Eglon. He was phenomenal. Um, you know, we just created like a bespoke... Um, piece of software that enabled us to be able to run the business really efficiently. So, uh, yeah, it was good. So, um, you you just been you said that you joined the, the business with your brother and Graham, which you'd known since teenage times. Yeah. You just got married and had just had a baby. Yeah. So I got married in two thousand and one. Okay. Um, prior to that, I was working in investment banking, so um, I was doing that for a few years, and then I had my first daughter in two thousand and three. And when I was heavily pregnant with my second daughter was when you would find me straddling a fridge in Mark's garage, helping House Network. Did you enjoy those early years? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, it was it was nice to be involved in something I was really passionate about. I'd had a dreadful experience selling my home. Um, so to just touch on what that was like, um, basically put my house on the market 
um, didn't hear from the agent again. Um, I walked past a house that I'd always dreamed of owning, which was on with the same estate agent that I was on with, but I'd not had their particular sent through. They knew exactly what the criteria was that I was looking for, but hadn't told me about this house. So I went and knocked on the door myself, um, arranged a viewing there and then, viewed it, negotiated on the doorstep, literally didn't hear a word from the estate agent the entire time until they were knocking on the door asking for their fee um, when it had all completed. And I was just like, this is, and it was thousands of pounds, you know, it was like three and a half grand back then, it was a lot of money. Um, and I'm paying three and a half thousand pound for what? For somebody to take some photographs and put it online and then never do anything more after that, which is kind of where the idea for House Network came about. Um, how did House Network cope with the, the you know, the credit crunch in 0809? Yeah, I remember it very, very well. Um, so yeah, it was tough. It was a tough time, um, but actually we thrived. I think, was it around about that time as well when the um, home information packs came in and we needed to do um, searches, et cetera, as well? We, we created our own HIP pack team. Um, so I did a lot of research to um, investigate all the different local authorities. All of our agents became trained at, at going in and, and getting that information from the local authorities, producing the searches ourselves, etc. And I could go so far as to say that probably saved us during that time, to be honest. So you came out the other side, Credit Crunch, you had a third daughter. I did, Okay. Yeah. Um, things going swimmingly well then in the 2010 to 2015, 16, is that about right? Uh, what, personally or professionally? Professionally. Professionally, um, yeah, fairly well. I mean, when, when uh, Purple Bricks joined the space, we thought, this is fantastic. We can, they're spending millions of pounds here to educate the public that there's another way to sell your home um, and you can save lots of money doing it. So we thought maybe this is our opportunity to sort of ride their coattails and, you know, okay. as the, the, the original uh, online estate agents, we might do very well out of this. Um, but still, you know, 95% of the public were going to the high street and, and corporate, um, which helped us to realise quite quickly that we had addressed the wrong problem, it seems. What problem is that? It's the service that people want. It's not saving money. So I would go so far as to say that at House Network, we, we had it nailed so far as the service that we were able to provide given what, the model we were working on. What fees in. were you working on at that basis? Uh, at that point, we were charging 795 okay. up front. Up front. Mm -hmm. And were you getting that? Yeah, we were getting it. We were getting it and we were doing well. Um, but obviously, we weren't doing well enough. And even with the, the money behind Purple Bricks to market, you know, a new way of doing things still you know, the consumers were going to the high street because they wanted that local presence. They wanted somebody that's going to help them through the journey. When did you start to lose money? Uh, we bought investors on board. What year was that? Oh, 2013? No, 2014, I believe. With things going okay up until that time and then probably the money coming in actually probably ruined it. Yeah, 100%. I've heard that. So many times. 100%, yeah, definitely. In hindsight, do you think you would have done it? No, no. And you yeah. have to be really careful you get into business with as well. Of course you do. Mm. Interestingly, you said personal. Mm. What, what was happening in your personal life at this time? You had, you know, you had children who were 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there? 
Um, yeah, so, Delta, yeah, so um, which year we're talking about here. So, so back in 2015, then, yeah, I would have had a 10-year-old, a 8-year-old uh, um, and a little one. When did the cracks start to appear in House Network? I know. I mean, I know you 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 went out of business in nineteen, but you took the money in thirteen. When yeah. did, when did it start to start to fall apart? Um, I would say probably in two. We were battling. We were battling from about two thousand and seventeen onwards. Um, we had big plans, and we were implementing those plans. But as we've as we've learned now, you've got to do things consistently, right? You can't try a hundred different things and expect to get results. So we tried lots of different ways to um, bring more leads in. Um, and I think it was right at the end when we'd nailed exactly how to drive those leads in at the minimal cost. But by then it was too late. You'd run out of money. Yeah. Yeah. What was happening in your personal life at this time? Um, yeah, so I was going through a, a pretty awful divorce right at the end. Um, I, I was married for 16, 17 years. Um, probably the last eight years of that marriage were extremely unhappy. Um, my ex-husband was an alcoholic, um, so it was, it was difficult. It was, you know, me working, um, mainly part-time hours during that time because he was working actually in the business as well. He was in House Network too. All right. Mm -hmm. um, so my, you know, my focus was sort of protecting the children during that time. And um, yeah. How did you deal with working with someone who was your husband as well? I mean, what caused him to be an alcoholic, if you don't mind me asking? Um, he always liked to drink, even when we were, you know, first dating. Um, always liked to drink and didn't quite know when to stop. Um, what caused him to? It's hard to say. It just kind of developed over a period of time. Do you think time. the stresses at, at House Network exacerbated and he turned to alcohol? No, he was drinking heavily even prior to that, to be honest with you. It just got gradually out of control, um, whereby um, I'm sure that their stress, any stresses will contribute towards drinking heavily. But... Um, yeah, he just wasn't a happy man. To help people watching this who might be in a similar relationship, would you have done anything differently before you hit the divorce button? I would have left a lot sooner if I'd have found the courage, for sure. What was holding you back on that? This is going to sound really strange. Go for it. And... Anybody that's ever been in a relationship with an addict or a relationship where they've been abused in any way, I've always thought, why didn't they just go? Why didn't they just leave? Um, I honestly, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I always feel, felt at the time that some people are destined for happy ever after and some people just aren't. And I just figured I'd made my bed and this is what I was destined to, to have. I had my three daughters who, you know, I absolutely adored. Um, they were fairly young at the time and I just focused on them and just getting through each day. It was only when he drove one of my daughters very drunk that it was game over. He, he, oh, right, he was drink driving? Yeah. When, when he drove her, her drunk was the, the day that I said, we're done. 
So it's not just affecting me. It's now to put them at risk. Did the children know that things weren't as good as it should have been, or were they too young to realise? I didn't. I thought I'd hit it well until shortly before that incident, which is why I say I should have left earlier. Um, shortly before that incident, at two separate occasions, my two eldest daughters came to me and said it would be okay if you left him, Mum. And I thought, oh dear. And how old are the kids at roughly at that point? Um, 12 and 11. Do you wish you'd have left before? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Isn't it? It really is. Um, I feel I, I definitely should have left prior to okay. the reason I left, because my daughter was put in danger. Um, having said that, the age that they were at meant they understood so I should have left a couple of years prior, yeah. Did this affect your work? I'd like to think not, and I think, but it would have done, because mindset's everything. I know that now. Um, I mean, I think I did a good job of pretending. I'm not sure there's too many. I think there's a lot of people that probably would watch this now that worked with me and not known. Um, I think I did a pretty good job of covering it up. Um, but... And it's, it's taught me a lot, and it, okay. yeah. Was it a clean divorce? Uh, clean as in it was over with quite quickly, which okay. was good. Um, but we had to go through the courts um, for child arrangement orders for their safety and things like that. So it, 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 for the children, it would have felt like it dragged on for quite a while. It had an effect on them, for sure. So you put that behind you. Mm -hmm. This was in 17, wasn't it? Uh, Divorced in 18. Divorced yeah. in 18, mm -hmm. okay. So you left your husband, you yeah. bought your own home. I did. That was you a struggle. Okay, and you were made head of sales at House Network? I was, yes. Yeah, so, so when, when I... Was there I, any nepotism there because your brother was owning the business? No, definitely not. Reason being everything had to go through the investors. So at the time, when I first split with, with my husband, I was running our um, uh, like ancillary team, um, co conveyancing mortgages, um, searches, etc., and trying to get as much revenue as I possibly could from those products. So um, when I first split with my husband, um, you know, I, I just needed to focus, something to, to get my head into. So I would work late into the evening while the kids were in bed and I took our revenue from that 20,000 a month to almost 50,000 a month and I did that in about six weeks. Mm. I worked hard. And when I did that, the investors recognised it and were like, wow, she needs to be running all of sales if she can do that with conveyancing. So that's basically how I, I managed to get the promotion. How did it feel buying your own home? It was the most best emotional feeling in the world ever, I think. It was hard, because um, it was down to the, the penny to get the mortgage, and the timing had to be right, because I needed help to buy and all sorts to do it. But we did it, and I made a promise to the children that I would do it. It wasn't, like I had to move home with my parents for a while. Um, you know, I had to rent out the properties. Um, without going into loads of detail and boring the life out of everybody, we'd literally, me and my husband had only just bought our five-bed detached property on a new build estate, and it was four weeks after that that he left. So I was left with this very expensive house that I couldn't afford to pay for on my own. So I rented it out for a period of time, and then I had to explain to the children, we can't go back to our 
at home. I can't afford it. So I had to, you know, try and arrange something else. You bought your house, but literally six months later, um, House Network closed its doors. Yes, it did. Why did that happen? Oh, um, again, the investment that was taken on um, wasn't used in the right way, I don't think. Um, we were, there were a lot of promises from the investors. And I'm talking about something I wasn't heavily involved in. Obviously, that's for Mark and Graham to explain. But what I do know is that there were a lot of promises on money that was coming. That money didn't come. Um, so the money was spent where it shouldn't have been spent if we'd have known that the extra money wasn't coming. Um, and, yeah, just uh, it just didn't work. First time in your life you've been made redundant? Yes. How did that make you feel? Terrified in that moment. Terrified that I'd have to move back to my parents again to disappoint the children again. Um, but determined. Okay. Single mum, yep. three children. Yep. Did you find a job straight away? I started to look at that. I was offered various roles. Um, the small amount of redundancy money that came, because it was statutory only, obviously, um, I realised I had a decision to make. I could go and get a full-time job, bank the money, so I had a little bit behind me, but I probably would never see the children because I'd be out of the house six days a week doing crazy hours, and it's just me and them. I'm a sole parent, remember, not just a single one. They don't see their dad, so it is just me. Or I look at investing it and doing something for myself that gives me the flexibility to be there. So what did you do? Um, it, it, it was strange the way it happened. Um, I was just kind of presented with the opportunity for Keller Williams. Um, with your brother Mark? With, yeah. So Mark was already having conversations. Um, he'd done his due diligence. He was confident that it was something that, that we'd both be really good at. Um, Get the old band back together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he'd done a lot of those talks, and he said, right, I think we should look at this. And he said, look, I'm, I will not do it if you say no. Um, because he felt that the role of the team leader was... It had my name all over it. So it's like, if you say no to this, I'm not doing it either. Um, so we actually flew out to the States. They had their mega, mega camp, um, 15, 20,000 agents all in one room. Um, very American, um, but great fun. Um, and I learned so much during that week. I just came away and said, I have to do this. Okay. So you opened up a market centre for Keller Williams, yep. you and your brother. Yeah. I think Russell Quirk's involved with financially, but not on the day-to-day -day running. That's right, yeah. Um, how did, how's that gone since, since 19, since COVID hit? Yeah. Yeah, it did hit, um, which was obviously horrendous for the country, but not going to lie, it, it was, from a business perspective, it was probably the best thing that could have happened okay. for us. Um, because it meant that people in the industry started to look at their options. Yes. And they had the time to do that because they were at home. Um, so I had many, many conversations during that time, and we grew rapidly. I mean, um, by the end of 2020, how many people had you got on your books as agents? Uh, that's about 70. Oh, 2020, um, about 50 or so. That's quite a lot for a Keller Williams Centre, isn't it? Hmm. 
to, if you don't mind me saying, and, it, and it's reasonably common knowledge, but you are or appear to be one of the most, if not the most successful Keller Williams centers. What are you doing there? What have you and Mark done, which others quite clearly haven't? Um, I can probably sum it up in one word. Go on. We're relentless, utterly relentless. Um, very agent-centric, okay. client-focused. Um, and we also know and appreciate that when somebody's starting their own business from scratch, they need support and lots of it. Um, so we called ourselves KW Plus for that very reason. We're going to okay. follow the model, but we're going to do a bit more. Okay. Not Essex. I, if you don't mind me saying, I think the, I'm, I'm going to... I know, you hate it. I know you do. Um, Just call it Keller Williams Essex, for God's sake. I think it's because we can't say Essex because we're not actually like the whole of Essex. Oh. So if you look at the SLA, there's a couple of towns that, that aren't, I know. So we just, we went with plus because we just thought we we're going to do a little bit more. Good for you. <laughs> What's in a name, eh? Exactly. What's in a name? Um, do you think another reason why it's been successful is the fact that both you and Mark, because I believe it, all Keller Williams centres have two, you have the, is it the team leader yep. and the operating principal? That's it, well done. Tell me what, I've, I've <laughs> one is, one's job is to bring new people in, the other person's job is to look after the ones you've got. Is that about right? It's not actually, it's not. So would you like me to explain the difference? Briefly. Okay, I'll try to be brief. Um, the operating principle is the visionary. Um, they're the funding, they're the TL, the team leader, goes to them to say, right, I'm going to need these things in place if we're going we're gonna to grow, we're going to make this work. A team leader's responsibility is to find people that want to join the model, for sure, but also to consult with them in business ownership. So okay. I do both. Okay. And what's a market centre? A market centre is um, all the, is, it provides all the resources, the training, okay. tech that you need. And I've also heard that someone's a market centre manager. What's the difference on that then? Uh, a market centre manager is um, uh, somebody that is, is running the day-to-day. -day. So the, the financials, um, also consulting with the 80%. So you've got, in my market centre, we've got about 85 agents now. So I will consult the top 20%. And, and obviously um, work very closely with them in helping them build out teams and leverage, et cetera. And then you've got the 80%, which is consulted by the market centre manager and the productivity coach. But surely if you're the team leader, you should be focusing on the eight, bottom 80% to bring them up. It, it, you, you say that, but people have got something to aim for. Um, so I focus with the top 20%, pour into them to help them to grow their businesses even more so. The market centre manager, who's actually phenomenal, by the way, Danny Little, is absolutely brilliant at what he does. He was an excellent estate agent in his own right as well. Um, and he will coach them and they'll aspire to get into to my group. But I still coach, like, I do uh, training for all as well. It's just the one-to-one -one okay. coaching. Keller Williams say they're not an estate agent, but they're a training firm. Mm. Is that true? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, we're a... We are the number one training company in the world. Okay. Um, and obviously we train and, and we mentor people to success in business. Okay. So it just happens to be in real estate. Do you think the marketing of Keller Williams could be better to bring in new people? 
Yes, of course it can. If you don't mind me saying, I think it's totally atrocious compared to others. I agree entirely. That's a bit controversial, isn't it? Yes, I do. I'm I agree. Just speaking my mind. It's mm. nothing I've said to the to, to the to the highest authority in the land. In fact, even even higher than that to, to people in America. What do you think Keller Williams should do differently with regard to attracting existing agents into in, into Keller Williams? I like that you said attracting and not recruiting. Oh yeah. We'll talk on that probably at some point. We'll I like a separate video on that. One. Yeah, I like that you said that. So I think we need to do we need to show more success stories. Mm -hmm. for real people, you know, people that have been in the same situation as anybody that's been in the high street or corporate and what they've managed to achieve. Because we've got lots of them now, like lots of people that are doing exceptionally well. I think the issues, if we, if we can call it an issue, is that all the market centres are independently run. There's some, I'm, uh, I'm going to say to you now, there's some absolute shockers. <laughs> well, and I won't some exceptional on ones as well. <laughs> Um, I won't comment on that, but the um, you know we're all we're all responsible for our own marketing, I guess, and obviously not everybody's going to do it so the same way. Surely there should be some central marketing. I agree. Interesting. Um, let's come bring it back to you. Um, it sounded like everything was going really, really well for you. Mm. Great business, doing well. I mean, I think you've got a black belt. In, in karate as well, didn't you yeah. or something? Uh -huh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but then the shit hit the fan last autumn. Yeah. Yes, what happened? Did. When your kids go through what mine have been through, okay. um, you do well to come out of that completely unscathed. Um, and one of my daughters in particular was treated very unfairly by by her dad um at the time or recently recently as well um just yeah she didn't forgive him she didn't uh, uh, didn't accept his behavior um and she would tell him so and he didn't like that um so he treated her very differently to the other two and it had an effect so her mental health's not been good okay um and yeah in october last year on the 22nd of October, she took an overdose. You think that was a cry for help? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, she did a good job of it. She was in hospital for four days um, on a drip to reverse the effects of it. But yeah. Do you blame yourself in any way for not spotting it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? Because uh, so I might get a bit emotional, sorry. Because I saw the change in her. Okay. She was pulling away. Um, okay. but what, during the summer of 21 or before? She's always been very headstrong. I'm fine, I'm fine, you know, don't need to talk about it. You know, she, she, she just, she's just one of these that she don't mind mentioning something. As soon as you try to get into the detail and try and help her through it, she'd be like, I don't want to talk about it, and she'd shut off. Okay. But it started to get a bit worse than that. She was pulling away. She wanted to, she didn't want to be in the house. She wanted to go and stay at my mum's and just didn't want to be around us. At the time, I took it personally, and I'm like, well, what, what have I done wrong? You know, why are you pulling away from me? I'm only trying to help. Um, but looking back, that's one of the things people say. If, if somebody's behavior changes, then you need to worry about them. Um, I just gave her the space that I thought she needed, um, but I should have been on it more. 
What do you think you should have done? I should have forced her to talk to me. I should have, um, I sh even if I thought I was making her upset, should have made that happen. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, there's a happy ending to it, which we'll get on to, but yeah, I should have done more. What did you, have you still got your mum and dad? Yeah. What did your mum and dad say about all this? They're just massively supportive. Obviously, we'll always tell you, it, you I couldn't have done any more. I couldn't have known, um, you know, and, and she's there. They're like secondary parents to her. You know, my dad is like a, a dad to her, he's, and as is Mark, you know, that he's not an uncle. He's like a, a, a second father. He's been amazing. What did you learn from your mum and dad and your brother? Not, not in this, but just generally in life. What have you, I mean, is Mark your big brother? Yeah. Yeah, we're stronger together. Okay. Um, we're a really close family. We always have been. Um, I follow him everywhere. <laughs> We've followed him into House Network. I've followed him into Keller Williams. I, there's not a person on the planet I trust more than Mark. Absolutely not. He is a, a extremely kind person. Um, he puts others before himself and he's very considered. So when, when Mark talks, I listen. And he really helped me through that time. And, and what have you learnt in life from your mum and dad? What did you get? What did they give you? Oh, apart from life. Apart, well, an unconditional love. Um, just so supportive. The most most supportive parents on the planet. Um, they're always there for me and the girls. Um, I, I couldn't want for more, to be honest with you. That's why I got through it so well. Where does the business head come from? Your dad or your mum? Uh, my dad's owned his own business and run his own business since the seventies. Um, my mum's been a, a huge supporter in that as well. Um, work ethic, both of them have got phenomenal work ethic. What, what good has come out of your daughter taking an overdose? It made her talk. Um, she, I think she realised even as it, as in the moment that it had happened that it was a mistake. Um, she now has counselling um, and she does that regularly. Um, she's on medication now as well, um, which she wouldn't have wanted to do before. Um, but she talks, which is amazing. You know, she even the smallest little things. She called me from school the other day because something had happened and she just wanted to share it there and then, rather than wait, maybe let it fester. She knows it's important to get things off her chest as well. Um, but yeah, it's taught me a lot as well. Through going through a, 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 di a divorce, and one of your children was taking um, an overdose. It's quite obviously clear. Let's put aside the fact that you're a hard worker, you're conscientious. Up until this point, what have you learnt from those two, if not more, um, blocks in the road, and how have you got around them? I just I don't have any fear anymore. I really don't. Um, I think when you go through difficulties in life, um, you realise that you've only got one shot at it. You know, you're only here once. It's not a practice game. So I just take every opportunity and I say yes. Like, I'm here, aren't I? Mm. You said, will you come and talk to me? I said yes. We'll work it out when I get there. What else have you learned? There's nothing more important than family. Um, nothing more important than... Hi, it's Chris Watkin, and today I'm joined by Claire Readings, who is an estate agent and boss lady of the Keller Williams Centre in Essex, 
and she's here to join me to talk about her journey as an estate agent, the ups and the downs, the trials and tribulations, so that you boys and girls out there in the estate agency can learn lots from her. Thanks for joining me today, Claire. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to talk to you about your estate agency journey, mm -hmm. uh, the fears, the frustrations, the hopes, the dreams. Uh, so what I want to do first is, is when you grew up as a child, did you want to be an estate agent? Does anyone want to be an estate agent? No. I don't think so. No, definitely not. Um, my my journey into estate agency, um, I kind of fell into it after I had my, my first child, uh, my, my very first job, I was a beauty therapist. Okay. Yeah, so, so if you want a massage, I'm, I'm pretty decent at that. You're good with nails. I am, I'm there all right. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so how did you fall into estate agency then? Um, so Mark, my, uh, Mark Reddings, my brother, and Graham Locke, who I've known since I was 12 years old, um, decided they wanted to form the very first ever online estate agency. It's called that House was Network. House Network, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah, back in 2004. Um, so, yeah, I, I was there on that journey from the very beginning, helping them to set that up. What was it like setting up the UK's first online estate agency? Um... It, it kind of evolved into it. So it started out as just private sales, just giving people a different way to sell their home to save money, I guess. And we were only advertising on Fish for Homes, if you remember that. Um, and then we realised after a period of time, hang on, there's, there's another way that we could do this where actually there'd be bigger exposure for people. So um, studied the exams, took the exams, etc., And then it went into online estate agency. It kind of just evolved naturally. When do you think you went properly online? It was 2004. 2004. Okay, but in, before then, you was, were you, I thought... So you 2003 said, is when we formed and it was just private sales. 2004 was... was um, so you went on to Right Move and Super. Yeah. And how were those first early years? Um, quite exciting and we were making money as well, um, early doors. Um, obviously, we were the only ones in that space um, and it was evolving as we went along. So, you know, we, we developed some incredible software. I should mention um, the IT um, guy that we work with, Steve Eglon, he was phenomenal. Um, you know, we just created like a bespoke um, piece of software that enabled us to be able to run the business really efficiently. So, uh, yeah, it was good. So, um, you, you, just been, you said that you joined the business with your brother and Graham, which you'd known since teenage times. Yeah. You just got married and had just had a baby? Yeah, so I got married in 2001. Okay. Um, prior to that, I was working in investment banking. So um, I was doing that for a few years. And then I had my first daughter in 2003. And when I was heavily pregnant with my second daughter was when you would find me straddling a fridge in Mark's garage, helping House Network. Did you enjoy those early years? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, it was it was nice to be involved in something I was really passionate about. I'd had a dreadful experience selling my home. Um, so to just touch on what that was like, um, basically put my house on the market, um, didn't hear from the agent again. Um, I walked past a house that I'd always dreamed of owning, which was on with the same estate agent that I was on with, but I'd not had their particular sent through. They knew exactly what the criteria was that I was looking for, but hadn't told me about this house. So I went and knocked on the door myself, um, arranged a viewing there and then, viewed it, negotiated on the doorstep, literally didn't hear a word from the estate agent the entire time until they were knocking on the door asking for their fee um, when it had all completed. 
And I was just like, this is, and it was thousands of pounds, you know, it was like three and a half grand back then, it was a lot of money. Um, and I'm paying three and a half thousand pounds for what? For somebody to take some photographs and put it online and then never do anything more after that, which is kind of where the idea for House Network came about. Um, how did House Network cope with the, the, you know, the credit crunch in 0809? Yeah, I remember it very, very well. Um, so yeah, it was tough. It was a tough time. Um, but actually, we thrived. I think was it around about that time as well when the um, home information packs came in and we needed to do um, searches, etc. as well. We, we created our own hip pack team. Um, so I did a lot of research to um, investigate all the different local authorities. All of our agents became trained at, at going in and, and getting that information from the local authorities, producing the searches ourselves, etc. And I could go so far as to say that probably saved us during that time, to be honest. So you came out the other side, Credit Crunch, you had a third daughter. I did, Okay. Yeah. Um, things going swimmingly well then in the 2010 to 2000. 15, 16, is that about right? Uh, what, personally or professionally? Professionally. Professionally, um, yeah, fairly well. I mean, when, when uh, Purple Bricks joined the space, we thought, this is fantastic. We can, they're spending millions of pounds here to educate the public that there's another way to sell your home um, and you can save lots of money doing it. So we thought maybe this is our opportunity to sort of ride their coattails and, you know, yeah. as the, the, the original uh, online estate agents, we might do very well out of this. Um, but still, you know, 95% of the public were going to the high street and, and corporate, um, which helped us to realise quite quickly that we had addressed the wrong problem, it seems. What problem is that? It's the service that people want. It's not saving money. So I would go so far as to say that at House Network, we, we had it nailed so far as the service that we were able to provide given what, the model we were working what in. What fees were you working on at that basis? Uh, at that point, we were charging 795 okay. up front. Up front? Mm-hmm. And were you getting that? Yeah, we were getting it. We were getting it, and we were doing well. Um, but obviously, we weren't doing well enough. And even with the, the money behind Purple Bricks to market you know, a new way of doing things, still you know, the consumers were going to the high street because they wanted that local presence. They wanted somebody that's going to help them through the journey. When did you start to lose money? Uh, we bought investors on board. What year was that? Oh, 2013? No, 2014, I believe. Was things going okay up until that time and then probably the money coming in actually probably ruined it? Yeah, 100%. I've heard that. So many times. 100%, yeah, definitely. In hindsight, do you think you would have done it? No. No. And you have to be really careful you get into business with as well. Of course you do. Mm. Interestingly, you said personal. Mm. What, what was happening in your personal life at this time? You had, you know, you had children who were 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there? Um, yeah, so... Older, yeah, teenagers. so um, which year are we talking about here? So, so back in 2000 and... 15, then yeah, I would have had a 10-year-old, a um, eight-year-old okay. and a little one. When did the cracks start to appear in House Network? I know, I mean, I know you, 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 you went out of business in 19, but you took the money in 13. When, yeah. did, when did it start to, start to fall apart? Um, 
I would say probably in two, we were battling. We were battling from about 2017 onwards. Um, we had big plans and we were implementing those plans. But as we've, as we've learned now, you've got to do things consistently, right? You can't try a hundred different things and expect to get results. So we tried lots of different ways to um, bring more leads in. Um, and I think it was right at the end when we'd nailed exactly how to drive those leads in at the minimal cost. But by then it was too late. You'd run out of money. Yeah. Yeah. What was happening in your personal life at this time? Um, yeah, so I was going through a, a pretty awful divorce right at the end. Um, I, I was married for 16, 17 years. Um, probably the last eight years of that marriage were extremely unhappy. Um, my ex-husband was an alcoholic, um, so it was, it was difficult. It was, you know, me working, um, mainly part-time hours during that time because he was working actually in the business as well. He was in-house network too. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, you know, my focus was sort of protecting the children during that time and, um, yeah. How did you deal with working with someone who was your husband as well? I mean, what caused him to be an alcoholic, if you don't mind me asking? Um, he always liked to drink, even when we were, you know, first dating. Um, always liked to drink and didn't quite know when to stop. Um, what caused him to? It's hard to say. It just kind of developed over a period of time. Do you think the stresses at, at House Network exacerbated and he turned to alcohol? No, he was drinking heavily even prior to that, to be honest with you. It just got gradually out of control, um, whereby um, I'm sure that there stress, any stresses will contribute towards drinking heavily. But, um, yeah, he just wasn't a happy man. To help people watching this who might be in a similar relationship, would you have done anything differently before you hit the divorce button? I would have left a lot sooner if I'd have found the courage, for sure. What was holding you back on that? This is going to sound really strange. Go for it. And anybody that's ever been in a relationship with an addict or a relationship where they've been abused in any way, I've always thought, why didn't they just go? Why didn't they just leave? Um, I honestly, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but... I always feel, felt at the time that some people are destined for happy ever after and some people just aren't. And I just figured I'd made my bed and this is what I was destined to, to have. I had my three daughters who, you know, I absolutely adored. Um, they were fairly young at the time and I just focused on them and just getting through each day. It was only when he drove one of my daughters very drunk that it was game over. He, he, oh, right, he was drink driving? Yeah. When, when he drove her, her drunk was the, the day that I said, we're done. Because it's not just affecting me, it's now put them at risk. Did the children know that things weren't as good as it should have been, or were they too young to realise? I didn't. I thought I'd hit it well until shortly before that incident, which is why I say I should have left earlier, um, shortly before that incident, at two separate occasions, my two eldest daughters came to me and said it would be okay if you left him, Mum. And uh, I thought, oh dear. And how old are the kids at roughly at that point? Um, 
12 and 11. Do you wish you lived there before? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Isn't it? It really is. Um, I feel I, I definitely should have left prior to okay. the reason I left because my daughter was put in danger. Um, having said that, the age that they were at meant they understood. So I should have left a couple of years prior. Did this affect your work? I'd like to think not, and I think, but it would have done, because mindset's everything. I know that now. Um, I mean, I think I did a good job of pretending. I'm not sure there's too many. I think there's a lot of people that probably would watch this now that worked with me and not known. Um, I think I did a pretty good job of covering it up. Um, but and it's, it's taught me a lot, and it, okay. yeah. Was it a clean divorce? Uh, clean as in it was over with quite quickly, which okay. was good, um, but we had to go through the courts um, for child arrangement orders for their safety and things like that. So it, 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 for the children, it would have felt like it dragged on for quite a while. It had an effect on them, for sure. So you put that behind you. Mm -hmm. This was in 17, wasn't it? Uh, divorced in 18. Divorced yeah. in 18, mm -hmm. okay. So you left your husband, yeah. you bought your own home. I did. That was a struggle. Okay, and you were made head of sales at House Network. I was, yes, yeah. So, so when was when there I was there any nepotism there because your brother was owning the business? No, definitely not. Reason being, everything had to go through the investors. So at the time when I first split with with my husband, I was running our um, uh, like ancillary team. Um, conveyancing mortgages, um, searches, etc., and trying to get as much revenue as I possibly could from those products. So um, when I first split with my husband, um, you know, I, I just needed to focus, something to, to get my head into. So I would work late into the evening while the kids were in bed, and I took our revenue from that 20000 a month to almost 50000 a month, and I did that in about six weeks. Mm. I worked hard. And when I did that, the investors recognized it and we're like wow she needs to be running all of sales if she can do that with conveyancing so that's basically how I, I managed to get the promotion how did it feel buying your own home it was the most best emotional feeling in the world ever I think it was hard because um, it was down to the, the penny to get the mortgage and the timing had to be right because I needed help to buy and all sorts to do it but we did it, and I made a promise to the children that I would do it. It wasn't, I had to move home with my parents for a while. Um, you know, I had to rent out the property. Um, without going into loads of detail and boring the life out of everybody, we'd literally, me and my husband had only just bought our five-bed detached property on a new build estate, and it was four weeks after that that he left. So I was left with this very expensive house that I couldn't afford to pay for on my own. So I rented it out for a period of time, and then I had to explain to the children, we can't go back to our, our home. I can't afford it. So I had to, you know, try and arrange something else. You bought your house, but literally six months later, um, House Network closed its doors. Yes, it did. Why did that happen? Oh, um, again, the investment that was taken on um, wasn't used in the right way, I don't think. Um, we were, there were a lot of promises from the investors. 
and I'm talking about something I wasn't heavily involved in, obviously that's for Mark and Graham to explain, but what I do know is that there were a lot of promises on money that was coming, that money didn't come, um, so the money was spent where it shouldn't have been spent, if we'd have known that the extra money wasn't coming, um, and yeah, just uh, it just didn't work. First time in your life you've been made redundant? Yes. How did that make you feel? Terrified in that moment. Terrified that I'd have to move back to my parents again to disappoint the children again. Um, but determined. Okay. Single mum, yep. three children. Yep. Did you find a job straight away? I started to look at that. I was offered various roles. Um, the small amount of redundancy money that came, because it was statutory only, obviously, um, I realised I had a decision to make. I could go and get a full-time job, bank the money, so I had a little bit behind me, but I probably would never see the children because I'd be out the house six days a week doing crazy hours, and it's just me and them. I'm a sole parent, remember, not just a single one. They don't see their dad, so it is just me. Or I look at investing it, and doing something for myself that gives me the flexibility to be there. So what did you do? Um, it, it, it was strange the way it happened. Um, I was just kind of presented with the opportunity for Keller Williams. Um, with your brother Mark? With, yeah. So Mark was already having conversations. Um, he'd done his due diligence. He was confident that it was something that, that we'd both be really good at. Um, Get the old band back together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he'd done a lot of those talks and he said, right, I think we should look at this. And he said, look, I'm, I will not do it if you say no. Um, because he felt that the role of the team leader was, it had my name all over it. So he's like, if you say no to this, I'm not doing it either. Um, so we actually flew out to the States. They had their mega, mega camp, um, 15, 20,000 agents all in one room. Um, very American, um, but great fun. Um, and I learned so much during that week. I just came away and said, I have to do this. Okay. So you opened up a market centre for Keller Williams, yep. you and your brother. Yeah. I think Russell Quirk's involved with financially, but not on the day-to-day -day running. That's right, yeah. Um, how did, how's that gone since, since 19, since COVID hit? Yeah. Yeah, it did hit. Um, which was obviously horrendous for the country, but not going to lie, it, it was, from a business perspective, it was probably the best thing that could have happened okay. for us um, because it meant that people in the industry started to look at their options. Yes. And they had the time to do that because they were at home. Um, so I had many, many conversations during that time and we grew rapidly. I mean... Um by the end of 2020, how many people had you got on your books as agents? Uh, Roughly. It's about 70. Oh, 2020, um, about 50 or so. That's quite a lot for a Keller Williams Centre, isn't it? Hmm. What do you, if you don't mind me saying, and, it, and it's reasonably common knowledge, but you are or appear to be one of the most, if not the most successful Keller Williams Centres, what are you doing there, what have you and Mark done which others quite clearly haven't? Um, I can probably sum it up in one word. Go on. 
We're relentless, utterly relentless. Um, very agent-centric, okay. client-focused. Um, and we also know and appreciate that when somebody's starting their own business from scratch, they need support and lots of it. Um, so we called ourselves KW Plus for that very reason. We're going to okay. follow the model, but we're going to do a bit more. Okay. Not Essex. I, if you don't mind me saying, I think we, I'm, I'm going to say this with no respect. <laughs> I can hate, excuse my French, but I, <laughs> I know you names. do. <laughs> I know you do. Um, Just call it Keller Williams Essex, for God's sake. I think it's because we can't say Essex because we're not actually like the whole of Essex. Oh. So if you look at the SLA, there's a couple of towns that, that aren't, I know. So we just, we went with plus because we just thought we we're going to do a little bit okay. more. Good for you. <laughs> what, what's in a name, eh? Exactly. What's in a name? Um, do you think another reason why it's been successful is the fact that both you and Mark, because I believe it, all Keller Williams centres have two, you have the, is it the team leader yep. and the operating principal? That's it, well done. Tell you what, I, I think <laughs> One is one's job is to bring new people in. The other person's job is to look after the ones you've got. Is that about right? It's not actually. It's not. So, would you like me to explain the difference? Briefly. Okay, I'll try to be brief. Um, the operating principle is the visionary. Um, they're the funding. They're the TL, the team leader, goes to them to say, right, I'm going to need these things in place if we're going to we're going to grow. We're going to make this work. A team leader's responsibility is to find people that want to join the model for sure but also to consult with them in business ownership so okay. i do both okay and what's a market center a market center is um all the it, it provides all the resources the training okay. tech that you need and i've also heard that someone's a market center manager what's the difference on that then uh, a market center manager is um uh somebody that is is running the day-to-day -day. so the the financials um also consulting with the 80 percent. so you've got in my market centre, we've got about 85 agents now. So I will consult the top 20% and, and obviously um, work very closely with them in helping them build out teams and leverage, et cetera. And then you've got the 80%, which is consulted by the market centre manager and the productivity coach. But surely if you're the team leader, you should be focusing on the eight, bottom 80% to bring them up. It, it, you, you say that, but people have got something to aim for. Um, so I focus with the top 20%, pour into them to help them to grow their businesses even more so. The market centre manager, who's actually phenomenal, by the way, Danny Little, is absolutely brilliant at what he does. He was an excellent estate agent in his own right as well. Um, and he will coach them and they'll aspire to get into to my group. But I still coach, like I do uh, training for all as okay. well. It's just the one-to-one okay. -one coaching. Keller Williams say they're not an estate agent, but they're a trading firm. Mm. Is that true? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, we're a, we are the number one training company in the world. Okay. Um, and obviously we train and, and we mentor people to success in business. Okay. So it just happens to be in real estate. Do you think the marketing of Keller Williams could be better to bring in new people? Yes. Of course it can. If you don't mind me saying, I think it's totally atrocious compared to others. I agree, entirely. That's a bit controversial, isn't it? Yes, I do, I I'm agree. I'm just speaking my mind. It's mm. nothing I've said to the, to, to, the, to the highest authority in the land, in fact, even, even higher than that, to, to people in America. What do you think Keller Williams should do differently with regard to 
attracting existing agents into in, into Keller Williams. I like that you said attracting and not recruiting. Oh yeah. We'll talk on that probably at some point. We'll I like a separate video on that. Though. Yeah, I like that you said that. So I think we need to do we need to show more success stories mm -hmm. of, for real people, you know, people that have been in the same situation as anybody that's been in the high street or corporate and what they've managed to achieve because we've got lots of them now like lots of people that are doing exceptionally well i think the issues if we, if we can call it an issue is that all the market centers are independently run there's some i'm, uh, I'm going to say to you now there's some absolute shockers <laughs> well and I some exceptional on ones as well <laughs> um i won't comment on that but the um you know, we're all we're all responsible for our own marketing, I guess, and obviously not everybody's going to do it the same way. But surely there should be some central marketing. I agree. Interesting. Um, let's come bring it back to you. Um, it sounded like everything was going really, really well for you. Mm. Great business, doing well. I mean, I think you've got a black belt. In, in karate as well, didn't you yeah. or something? I have, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then the shit hit the fan last autumn. Yeah. Yes, what happened? When your kids go through what mine have been through, okay. um, you do well to come out of that completely unscathed. Um, and one of my daughters in particular was treated very unfairly by by her dad um at the time or recently recently as well um just yeah she didn't forgive him she didn't uh, uh, didn't accept his behavior um and she would tell him so and he didn't like that um so he treated her very differently to the other two and it had an effect so her mental health's not been good okay um and yeah in october last year on the 22nd of October, she took an overdose. Do you think that was a cry for help? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, she did a good job of it. She was in hospital for four days um, on a drip to reverse the effects of it. But yeah. Do you blame yourself in any way for not spotting it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's, uh, so I might get a bit emotional, sorry. Because I saw the change in her. Okay. I, she was pulling away. Um, okay, but what, she's during the summer of 21 or before? She's always been very headstrong. I'm fine, I'm fine, you know, don't need to talk about it. You know, she, she, she just, she's just one of these that she don't mind mentioning something. As soon as you try to get into the detail and try and help her through it, she'd be like, I don't want to talk about it, and she'd shut off. Okay. But it started to get a bit worse than that. She was pulling away. She wanted to, she didn't want to be in the house. She wanted to go and stay at my mum's and just didn't want to be around us. At the time, I took it personally, and I'm like, well, what, what have I done wrong? You know, why are you pulling away from me? I'm only trying to help. Um, but looking back, that's one of the things people say. If, if somebody's behavior changes, then you need to worry about them. Um, I just gave her the space that I thought she needed, um, but I should have been on it more. What do you think you should have done? I should have forced her to talk to me. I should have, um, I sh even if I thought I was making her upset, should have made that happen. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, there's a happy ending to it, which we'll get on to, but yeah, I should have done more. What did you 
Have you still got your mum and dad? Yeah. What did your mum and dad say about all this? They're just massively supportive. Obviously, will always tell you, it, you I couldn't have done any more. I couldn't have known. Um, you know, and, and she's there. They're like secondary parents to her. You know, my dad is like a, a dad to her. He's, and as is Mark, you know, that he's not an uncle. He's like a, a, a second father. He's been amazing. What did you learn from your mum and dad and your brother? Not, not in this, but just generally in life. What have you... I mean, is Mark your big brother? Yeah, yeah. We're stronger together. Um, we're a really close family. We always have been. Um, I follow him everywhere. <laughs> We've followed him into House Network. I've followed him into Keller Williams. I, there's not a person on the planet I trust more than Mark. Absolutely not. He is a, a extremely kind person. Um, he puts others before himself. And he's very considered. So when, when Mark talks, I listen. And he really helped me through that time. And, and what have you learnt in life from your mum and dad? What did, you get, what did they give you? Oh, apart from life? Apart, well, an unconditional love. Um, just so supportive, most, most supportive parents on the planet. Um, they're always there for me and the girls. Um, I, I couldn't want for more, to be honest with you. That's why I got through it so well. Where does the business head come from, your dad or your mum? Uh, my dad's owned his own business and run his own business since the 70s. Um, my mum's been a, a huge supporter in that as well. Um, work ethic, both of them have got phenomenal work ethic. What, what good has come out of your daughter taking an overdose? It made her talk. Um, she, I think she realised even as it, as in the moment that it had happened that it was a mistake. Um, she now has counselling um, and she does that regularly. Um, she's on medication now as well, um, which she wouldn't have wanted to do before. Um, but she talks, which is amazing. You know, she even the smallest little things. She called me from school the other day because something had happened and she just wanted to share it there and then. Rather than wait, maybe let it fester. She knows it's important to get things off her chest as well. Um, but yeah, it's taught me a lot as well. Through going through a, 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 a divorce, and one of your children was taking um, an overdose. It's quite obviously clear, let's put aside the fact that you're a hard worker, you're conscientious. Up until this point, what have you learned from those two, if not more, um, blocks in the road and how have you got around them? I just, I don't have any fear anymore. I really don't. Um, I think when you go through difficulties in life, um, you realise that you've only got one shot at it. You know, you're only here once. It's not a practice game. So I just take every opportunity and I say yes. Like, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> you said, will you come and talk to me? I said yes. We'll work it out when I get there. What else have you learned? There's nothing more important than family. Um, nothing more important than, than time blocking to be able to um, factor in time with them above everything else. I have less time in my, the job that I do if for Keller Williams, I definitely have less time than anyone else doing the role. And yet we are the largest and most successful market centre. Um, that's because I'm ultra focused with the time that I've got. What else has it done? Just filled with pride as a mum. 
Um, I've got three beautiful daughters. Um, they're all so strong, so talented, so incredible. Um, I think uh, I can't be around negativity anymore. Um, I spent a lot of years being around negativity and working hard to try and keep people happy. Um, I just don't have time for that anymore. Do you think the, all these things that have happened to you have made you a better person to, to be in yourself and also to work with and be with? Yeah, I'm a happier person, definitely. Um, I've got a, a really good mindset. I work on that every day. I read every single day, um, which I never did before. And mindset is everything. You can overcome anything if with the right mindset. Um, and I make sure I, I pour that and, and possibly the learnings from my experience into other people. What's the future for Claire Readers? I'm in it for the long game. I'll make that clear. Everyone can say that. Easy to say. They can, but you know, any profit that we've made in the business, we've poured back in for more resources for people. Um, and that's because I'm not here to make a quick buck and then you know, go off and retire to the Cayman Islands. I've got a lot of people to help first. And that's how I feel. I do what I do because I want to help people to have a better life. Any regrets? No. No. You learn, you learn through life. So I have no regrets at all. Thank you for your time today. Pleasure. The time blocking to be able to um, factor in time with them above everything else. I have less time in my, the job that I do if for Keller Williams, I definitely have less time than anyone else doing the role. And yet we are the largest and most successful market center. Um, that's because I'm ultra focused with the time that I've got. What else has it done? Just filled with pride as a mum. Um, I've got three beautiful daughters. Um, they're all so strong so talented, so incredible. Um, I think uh, I can't be around negativity anymore. Um, I spent a lot of years being around negativity and working hard to try and keep people happy. Um, I just don't have time for that anymore. Do you think the, all these things that have happened to you have made you a better person to, to be in yourself and also to work with and be with? Yeah, I'm a happier person, definitely. Um, I've got a, a really good mindset. I work on that every day. I read every single day, um, which I never did before. And mindset is everything. You can overcome anything if with the right mindset. Um, and I make sure I, I pour that and, and possibly the learnings from my experience into other people. What's the future for Claire Readers? I'm in it for the long game. I'll make that clear. Everyone can say that. Easy to say. They can, but you know, any profit that we've made in the business, we've poured back in for more resources for people. Um, and that's because I'm not here to make a quick buck and then you know, go off and retire to the Cayman Islands. I've got a lot of people to help first. And that's how I feel. I do what I do because I want to help people to have a better life. Any regrets? No. No, you learn, you learn through life. So I have no regrets at all. Thank you for your time today. Pleasure.